0: Hello and welcome to the final episode of season one of Dig Me Out. I'm your host, Tim Minnichi, and joining me, as always, Mr. Jason Ziak. Jay, we made it.
1: Woohoo! We are, we are limping to the finish line. We are both sick Yeah, on our, on our last episode of the year.
0: I think we were sick at the, be- at the beginning of the year, too, so this is kind of <laughs> appropriate, I guess. I guess when you start and finish in the middle of winter, that's that's bound to happen.
1: You're you're consuming as many liquids as you can, and if I can't consume any or I won't be able to finish the show. Yeah. So we're quite a pair.
0: Yeah, we are. I've got hot tea and water, I'm trying to alternate back and forth. Jay, I want to take you back to the fall of 2010. I believe it was around this time that I came to you with a crazy idea. I said, let's do a podcast. You said, as long as I don't have to do anything, I'm there. (laughs) And damn it, that has worked for the last year. I
1: like the formula.
0: So, yeah, that's how this whole thing started. Uh, I had a bunch of crazy ideas like I usually do, and one of them actually panned out. And I got to say... You know, this is our retrospective for the first year we're going to go into our our, our favorite songs that we got to play this year from, our, from from different albums and then we're going to pick our, our album discovery of the year uh, we're also going to get some feedback from listeners and we're going to talk about what's coming up next year and we are going to say thank you to a bunch of people but uh, before we do that I want to talk about how insane this all has become because a couple weeks ago, it might have been about a month or two ago, we got uh, written up in the AV Club, which is the Onions um, sort of pop culture website in their uh, podcast um, column. And they had some, some nice things and then some not so nice things to, to say about us, which we, we took to heart and we we cried a little bit out of, over I'm not going to lie because we're sensitive. <laughs> but if you had told me. When I was sitting on your couch last year, that not only would we get a write-up in the Onions AV Club for what we were doing, which was essentially what we would normally do, uh, sit around and talk about albums, just not in front of people or recording it, and that we would start getting emails from people, not just that we knew who were saying,
1: <laughs> wow! That's way to go, guys! Super. Way to effort. go, guys!
0: Yeah, but people from not just outside of our city, not just outside of our state or our country, or our, our, our outside of our country, but people in places like the UK and Australia. I would have I would have called shenanigans on that because I, I did not expect this to happen in, in this first year of us doing this podcast. Um, Is that is mind blowing to you, or were you completely prepared for this sort of success? Oh, I was
1: totally prepared. Okay. I mean, I've already, you know, I've already taken out loans. I'm banking (laughs) on this thing really, really making me rich. No, I mean it's it was it's been pretty incredible, and uh, I I think it's it's interesting to see. I think a lot of the emails we get um, are from not from the United States, which is pretty awesome because uh, for for them we think these bands are obscure but for a lot of them they are really obscure and uh, they're actually able to 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 recommend us some music that there's no way we would ever have heard of um, that we can hopefully continue to bring to the show so that has been pretty awesome
0: and I think we're at a really good time for this to happen I don't think if we had done this five years ago it would be quite as interesting because Facebook and Twitter have made this interaction that we're able to have much more compelling in the sense that you know we can have discussions now with people and they can you know be brief and you know move along to the next thing the following week but for a week or two we get to talk about you know some obscure album that came out in 1993 and maybe some people from the uk will chime in on the facebook page or they'll shoot us a twitter and uh, a tweet and we'll um and we'll hear about some band that we've never heard of before. And we're like, okay, well, we'll go check that out. And I don't know that we would have gotten that except for through emails.
1: Well, I'm kind of, I'm also shocked that, and this is a, you know, in small, no small part due to shit, but just we've actually got some momentum getting some bands uh, um, involved in the show. And going forward, it's looking like we're going to be able to do more and more of that. So, and also through Twitter and other things, it's like, you know, just to have some contact with the actual bands that we're talking about that part of that you know that really had never occurred to me that any of these bands would ever know that this show ever existed or that we were we were going to review their music so that part of it has been kind of mind-blowing too
0: so i want to we're going to do our 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 top five favorite songs of the year and then we're going to end on our album of the year um and i kind of want to space out the songs that we're going to pick um, it's it's good that you mentioned you know interacting with people from the bands because my number five pick for song of the year is uh, I'm going to go with it right now. This is Smile, which was an album that you brought, and their song Staring at the Sun. Now, the reason I picked this is because I could listen to the intro of this song on a loop for hours. The
1: <laughs> it's like the it simplest is, intro ever.
0: And it's so awesome. thing That kills me is the what's going on on the on the cymbals at the end of each measure. Just I, I love it. I just I listen to that song and repeat, it's just so heavy and so awesome. Um, but the funny thing about it is, and if you again, if you had told me I was sitting on your couch last year that this was going to happen, I would have said BS. Um, after we b- before we did the episode, I actually sent a, a message over Facebook to Aaron Sonnenberg. Who's the uh, lead singer from Smile? I said, "Would you be interested in, in, t- in t- taking part in the, in the podcast?" He says, "No, I'm not really, but you know, go ahead and review the album. That's cool." So we did, and I ended up friend. We ended up friending. I don't know if he friended me or I friended him. I think he friended me, which was a mistake because <laughs> he and I do not see eye to eye politically. Uh oh. And there was one particular day where. I posted something, or he posted something, and we started a, a comment thread back and forth, and it went on for like two days, arguing liberal, libertarian versus liberal politics, and um, it was pretty epic, and it it, it 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 was it got heated. I'm not gonna lie, was as it, most of my political discussions do.
1: Was this worse or or or, or not as bad as the Thurman Thomas incident?
0: No, no, this was much more civil, civil than my Thurman Thomas, uh, former Buffalo Bill Thurman Thomas, and I got into a Twitter flame war over Fox news. And um, that ended our friendship (laughs) before it started. But if you had told me that I was going to get into a political argument with, with the lead singer of smile, I would have said, first of all, I've never heard smile. And the second of all, I don't know who this guy is. And then now that's happened. So that
1: was fun though. We got
0: to discuss politics.
1: Are you friends again? Or or did he he block you?
0: No, we're still friends. He might have, Put me on hide, just so he doesn't see my posts anymore. But but I but we're still friends. He hasn't unfriended me. Oh okay. So Jay, what what would be? And I'm not necessarily saying you have to have a one through five, but what would be your pick for one of your pick for songs of the year?
1: Oh, I haven't. I have a one through ten, but I'll give you. A, I'll give you number five. Now okay. I I want to clarify the criteria here. I pick bands. I pick songs and and an album that I had never really heard of so these are new discoveries for me so there's a it's lot Pretty much of, what i went to okay so yeah. there's a lot of albums that we reviewed that i love already and i just didn't even mention bother mentioning them because i wanted this to be in the spirit of new discovery so my number five top new discovery was uh the song shining by luster really yeah nice so that was an early that was maybe what episode two or one or that
0: was three? the second episode Yeah. You know you we'll
1: to go back and uh that one had to come up over over the course of the the year here a couple times and went back and visited that and uh this song really stood out out to me it just had a good energy to it it's got um i love the guitar work i love the tone um you know it's got a nice mix of hooks and um sort of that gnarly uh dinosaur jr-esque guitar um that, that a lot of the album has so this is a Definitely one of my favorites from the year. Nice,
0: I you know that was a band that I went back and listened to in, in preparation uh, for this, and I was on the fence. I really liked the song "California," mm-hmm. was uh, one of the tunes, but I ended up uh, they're not in my top ten for the year. Now you mentioned uh, Chip. Chip joined us on two. He he contributed two interviews. One was with um, with Ruthie. From Magnapop, correct? Yes. And then also uh, Ben London from uh, the band Alcohol Funny Car. Yeah. So, and then he also joined us for I think it was the Triple Fast Action. Is that is that a good? Is that the best guess?
1: Yeah. Triple- I, I, have you recently yeah. had a hand hen- a head injury?
0: No, I was I was being I was being coy, like okay. as if he wouldn't have joined this. Have the- you
1: recently been tackled by James Harrison?
0: I just want to point out that I correctly predicted that the Buffalo Bills would collapse and they have
1: you're Nostradamus
0: yeah I know <laughs> I wanted to that leads me into Chip, my next Chip. pick well that leads me to my next pick or my next yeah my next pick for my next song along with Chip who was on this year and contributed all sorts of information and, and the interviews and joined us for the reviews we also had Neil Schmidt who joined us uh, we know Neil going back geez, 10 years from being in the Columbus music scene he recorded our band um, you know we've played poker with him we've you know spent
1: by time... poker you mean the card game right yeah the 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 okay. the card game
0: illegal underground high stakes poker games
1: that sounded a little funny the way he said it he joined
0: us for the bark market episode the uncle tupelo episode and then also <clears throat> excuse me the swerve driver episode which is where my next pick comes from I have chosen Last Train to Satansville as my next pick for uh, favorite songs. Now, the reason I did this was because uh, I went back and listened to that album. And honestly, there's a lot of stuff that I really like from that record. I could have picked probably three or four songs. But I picked that one because I realized in listening to it how cool the beat is. That they're basically doing like a, you know, like I think you, guys, you or Neil mentioned it has like a Johnny Cash sort of. Country beat almost to that song, um, so it's like this demonic, you know, Johnny Cash song with, and it's like eight minutes long or something like that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But to me, that like that's sort of almost the centerpiece of that record is is that song. Um, and I I maybe had listened to Swerve Driver once before that. I really didn't get into them before we reviewed it on the podcast. But that's a song that I have continued to listen to since we did that album. And uh, so that was my number four pick for favorite songs. Um, and that was thanks to Neil, because Neil, it was Neil's suggestion that we do that record.
1: And you had also to, su- listened to that record before then?
0: Maybe once. Oh, okay. And I'm not even sure if it was that record or if it was Ray's or, you know, one of the other yeah. records. Now, he did also suggest the Band of Susan's album that we reviewed, which was not as successful <laughs> in terms of, it was successful in churning out hate mail towards us,
1: but yeah. not the most epic comment thread ever.
0: Yeah, if you ever want to see uh, somebody take us down, go to the Band of Susan's episode and check out the comment thread on the website. And you will see a but, angry, angry album. I have to event. be honest,
1: I've never even made it through that whole comment thread. Uh, it's just so epically long, I just got bored and was like, oh, I don't know God. how you would. <laughs> just like there's there's nothing i can say the change to 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 try to you know validate our point on this at all this guy's just completely never going to want to hear our side of of anything so i won't even bother and i just like i read like half of it and then i just trailed off and i was like oh this is <laughs> this is pointless reading the rest of it i have i have other things to do
0: so jay what's your number four song for uh favorites of the year
1: uh, I went with Always Echoes from Llama Farmers. Another, uh, nice. Another band had no idea it existed whatsoever. Where, where did we... Uh, was that a recommendation? Where did That, come
0: that from? was a recommendation by two different people. And you know, when you get two different people who tell you to rec- to, to check out an album, you've got a, a good thing coming towards you. Uh, Norman and Orson were the two guys. I believe they're both from the UK. Okay. And they both suggested... That was a, one of – there were two albums that we got multiple recommendations on. Llama Farmers and do you know what the next one is that I'm going to say? Curb Dog. Yes. So why would you pick Always Echoes?
1: Uh, that's a song uh, I thought that really showcased what the band did, what the band does well. So uh, it's up-tempo. Uh, it's uh, It's got a nice mix of the, the background, the female vocal in it. But you know, it doesn't uh, it doesn't overshine the main vocal. Um, I like the riff. Yeah, I don't, it just it's one of the it's one of the catchiest, I think, songs on the album, if not the catchiest for me. Probably that song. Mm-hmm. Um, just on, on a re-listen, it was the one that really stood out. Um, it's being uh, unique, too. you know. I, I think if I had to tell somebody, like, this is what the llama Farmers sound like, I'd probably play that song.
0: Now, I mentioned that th- th- this album was recommended by two people. We gotta say that during the first season, and this is even going to be more evident during the second season, we got a lot of great recommendations, I mentioned uh, Norman and Orson made suggestions. Uh, Sean Michael Foster has uh, made a recommendation for Bark Market. We're also going to be reviewing, if you check out the upcoming podcasts for next year, he recommended the the Tuscadero album we're going to review. Some other people who recommended stuff. John Sher, he recommended, he was one of the first people to send us an email. He recommended 360s, Sidewinders, uh, Head candy. Those were all his.
1: Yeah.
0: Scott Colvin uh, recommended, I believe, the Catherine album. Uh, Sandra James was recommended the Alcohol Funny Car. Gary Hanna was the, the God Machine. Bill, your coworker, recommended the Rocket from the Crypt album. And there's there's more. I'm probably forgetting some people, but that's rattling off uh, my list that I've got right here. Uh, Those were all the people that recommended stuff that we got to during season one, and we wouldn't have been able to find a lot of these records without the listeners. That's probably the key that's made this podcast so cool, is that we've been able to connect with so many people, you know, and get bands like the Llama Farmers and Curb Dog we've never even heard of.
1: Yeah, I think my top five has got at least two uh, recommendations on it, so that's pretty cool yeah otherwise you would not talk about how much how great the call album is
0: (laughs) yes and we we talked about it beforehand which we didn't just everybody knows we don't really talk a lot about what we're doing other than what day we're going to record on and what album we're going to do because we want to go into this fresh so we try not to discuss our opinions even if we are seeing each other right before we're doing this we purposely don't talk about the records because we want to go in and get our first reaction.
1: Which basically means we have no friendship anymore.
0: Right. Yeah, we've had to terminate most of our, our friendly interactions. Because <laughs> we'd
1: normally talk about music like this, but now we see each other we're like, well, we can't talk about music, so... how oh, the but bill's
0: doing. Are... Yeah. That's what we're reduced to, talking about our horrible football teams. I'm just going to go to my next one. This was an album that... I brought to us, but I had never listened to. And it was one that I had I, I thought I had an idea what it was gonna sound like, but I, I was kind of wrong. And that's uh The Velvet Crush. And I chose the song Time Wraps Around Your Time Wraps Around You. I just uh in terms of what they did on that record, you know, doing the Power Pop, the sixties and seventies influenced Power Pop, this particular song had in terms of a vocal melody for the chorus we've talked a lot about choruses during the first year and what makes a good chorus and if bands have choruses or don't have choruses just Time Wraps Around You has one of the most gorgeous choruses that you will hear on any of the albums that we reviewed
1: It's almost like The Birds or something.
0: Yeah, it's like The Birds like combined with... Yeah, like early... The first album, Big Star. And and it's got this great melody. And then there's a counter melody underneath. Just a great, great song. And it... I think in terms of this first year, I think it opened my eyes to how much I actually like power pop. And bands that are sort of in the power pop vein, but maybe... You know, are on the edge of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking of like the Wanna Dies, or uh, another band that aren't necessarily pure power pop, but they da- they dabble in it.
1: I would say and- that they're, yeah, I would say they're pretty damn close. They, they they don't they don't have the some power pop sort of has a rootsy or country tinge to it. They don't have that, right. but I think they're they're definitely in the ballpark.
0: Like I was always a fan of like the big names, which would be like Cheap Trick, Matthew Sweet and then to a lesser extent, Big Star.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but in terms of you know, discovering these other bands, it became much more apparent to me that I was like, you know, I kinda, I'm kind of into this sound more than I ever thought I was. So what was your number three pick?
1: Well, I'm right there with you. Number three for me is Velvet Crush. I chose Faster Days, which I think it's interesting that we both, you know, chose a, sort of the, the slower or more you know, mid-tempo, uh, songs from that album which I think the up-tempo stuff is great but um, this song just has I think I mentioned it on the review it just has a strong nostalgic flavor for me and I don't know why um, Yep. It, it just I don't know it's just one of those songs that um, the way it's delivered it just it has like the magic sprinkled on top <laughs> you know where you just everything just comes together and it makes you feel something um so I, I went there it's i think it's um again probably you know one of two or three you know the, the best written songs to me probably the best written song on the album um and, and most unique um, it kind of blows my mind that a song like that wasn't a hit you know I, to me it has everything that you would want or a, a pop rock hit maybe it was a uh, you know, not in the right time frame or something, but uh, it's got all the pieces for me.
0: It blows my mind that Velvet Crush isn't a gigantic power pop band in the same way that like Big Star is in in terms of they've infiltrated somewhat of the mainstream culture. I mean, there's a Big Star song that was used as the theme song for that 70s show.
1: Or at least as big as like Teenage Fan Club or Matthew Sweet. I mean, there's as talented as those bands are and, and probably more hooky. Yeah. I mean, not that those bands are megastars, but at least you know, people are somewhat aware of them.
0: Now, I asked people to you know, shoot us an email, let us know, you know, did you have a favorite episode or album? And did you have favorite songs that we played during, throughout the year? Uh, Gavin Reed, who I have to say is probably, I refer to him as our Australian correspondent because he sent us a USB stick full of about 50 bands and they weren't even all 90s bands he was just like hey check out this band from the 70s they're really cool and check out this other band and i can honestly say like we know we're gonna know more about australian rock in the 90s <laughs> and anybody is gonna know when we're done next year because we're gonna get into that usb stick we've already got two episodes uh planned one early in the year we're going to be reviewing the UMI record their first album and then we're going to review uh, a little more obscure band called Asteroid B612 wow uh, that'll be a, yeah that'll be a little <laughs> bit later
1: and i think that name defines obscure
0: yeah but i i you know what i did i went through and i sampled everything just to see what exactly he sent us cuz he actually sent like you know a description of each band a little bit of a history and uh I started thinking, you know, there's a lot of variety in Australian rock. We covered Ammonia and Super Jesus Mm
2: -hmm.
0: on the first season. And um, I think you could both say that they were kind of alt rock. So I think we're going to tackle some different sounds on the second season when it comes to um, the Australian 90s rock. But I wanted to read the email that he sent for his uh, favorite pick of the year. This is what he wrote. Good day. A quick email for the best of the year suggestions. My favorite band that I'd never heard of and am now into from your podcast is Failure. My favorite podcast was the Cult episode, even though it's an episode, even though it's an album I'm familiar with, but you sent me back to it. You saved the best till last, oh, but you saved the best till last and topped it with the Ren Review. Nice work. Thanks, Gavin. So Gavin's on board with Failure.
1: That's, I think a, that's, that's awesome, cool. and that's a band yeah. that, like, you know, we struggle um, at least for the first year. I think trying to figure out what bands make sense for this show, and that's a band that honestly I thought was too popular to do for this show. Um, <laughs> now he is from Australia, so it might be a little bit, uh, you know, not exactly accurate to say that you know, you know, in Australia, obviously they could be way more obscure than they are here, but. You know, in general, I'm thinking, oh, I mean, everybody knows he's failure. <laughs> Maybe that shouldn't be on the show, but I think that I this think I was proven wrong. I
0: think that this podcast has proven that what we think is popular has been um, grossly distorted <laughs> in terms of what was actually popular, not just in the United States, but around the world. Now, I did want to mention uh, the, on the Failure Podcast, we were joined by our friend Keith Jenkins, who also joined us on the Big Wreck Uh, episode Uh, we've got a long list of bands that we're going to get to on season two but i think we'll probably have him back at some point because i know that there were other episodes other other albums that he wanted to uh join in on so at some point we're going to have keith back and i I think when we did have him on it was a a bit of a technical um train wreck. we were still figuring things out in terms of how to do a a three-way (laughs) iChat and that that was um We're done with that we're not doing that anymore we've moved on to skype so we're making things easier Uh, another person that i need to thank in terms of making season one even happen and was sort of in a way the inspiration for this even happening at all is um, shell which that's her nickname it's nicola bang uh, who runs the i hate the 90s blog i was looking i was looking back and my stuff pre leading up to this, us doing the podcast, and I was trying to fill uh, some holes in my 90s discography. And it was upon stumbling onto her website, which has tons and tons of links to bands for download, that I was able to find so many bands. And I, and I it was like last summer that I, I reached out and I sent an email, and I was just like, you know, I love your website, it's it's you know, totally awesome or something lame like that. I said, and I, I I said, you know, I have, I have some obscure stuff that I'd be willing to send over to you. You can post, I'm sure that these bands are long gone and the labels are even gone. So it doesn't really matter. And we sort of struck up a, a brief, you know, conversation at that time. I I don't think that I would have even thought about doing this. Had it not been seeing that the blog that she was doing was so popular and there were so many people visiting I wouldn't have even thought that there would be even be five people interested in listening to something like this. So that's one of the biggest things we have to give, along with you know Chip and Neil and and Keith and all the people who've contributed. Is is the kind of the inspiration for all this goes back to Shell, and she actually made a suggestion, which we're going to get to in season two. She sort of offhandedly suggested uh, a early '90s shoe-gauge... Shoe, ish (laughs) that's hard to say there is
1: a z in there somewhere
0: yes Uh, band the wendys which we're gonna I I found them and we're gonna review them
1: did you find them on her site I don't think so oh well that's weird
0: yeah but the wendys have an interesting history so I'm looking forward to doing that episode they only had one one like major album in the 90s
1: is the drummer named Dave Thomas (laughs)
0: <laughs> no, that would be uh, that would be interesting. No, they
1: they have their new album called The Big and Juicies?
0: I don't find that to be very. Juicy. For those
1: uh, listeners outside of the U.S., I'm not sure if you have a restaurant chain called Wendy's, but we have one in America, and yeah, that's what I'm talking. About.
0: So, let's get to the number two picks. Um, I struggle with this because. I picked the song off an album I didn't like. Uh-oh. But I really liked the song. Good for you. So I chose Los Vargos from Green Apple Quickstep. Oh,
1: wow, number two. Yes. It made my top uh, 20, but it didn't make my number two. I mean, I more. guess...
0: Well, in, in looking back, I realized... We talked a lot about, on several episodes, how having a male and a female vocal can really elevate your song if it's done correctly. And it's, you know... And I don't think that there is a single song on that record. If they had made a, a, an album of songs like Los Vargos, I would love that record. Uh, it's got yeah. intensity, which a lot of that album doesn't have. Yeah. It has dynamics.
1: Yeah.
0: It's got a great back and forth between the male and the female vocal. It's got a hook in the chorus. It has elements of some of the 90s you know grunge or um, alt rock but it really kind of stands alone in terms of its um, it's not grunge it's not like a a, a dirgy kind of grunge song in the same way that like you know like grunt truck would be it, which is how some of that green apple quick step album sounds
1: and it's not yeah. successful. It's more uh, Jane's Addiction-y, right? I mean, isn't it kind of wah y and delayed and stuff like that? That,
0: song? that particular song? or th- yeah. no, no, I didn't. It, it's it's a little bit more. Well, it's more up-tempo. If you're going to go Jane's Addiction, it's just a little bit more of the up-tempo-ish Jane's yeah. Addiction. But with, yeah. that's a super catchy song. It's got the cool percussion during the verses and it just kind of stuck with me as, as being a really cool tune.
1: Yeah. I had it so. in my top 20. It's definitely the best song on the album. And had they stayed focused in that direction, they probably would have made a pretty good album. So,
0: mm-hmm. so what's your number two?
1: Number two, I have, I've made enough friends by the wrens. Nice. Um, you know, it was it was tough picking a song from this album. Uh, this one for me, it's uh, it's 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 on the slower end for the album, um, but it's got so much great uh, instrumentation and orchestration. And they, there's guitar parts on here that they sound like other instruments. They sound like a harp, or they sound like they're being played backwards, but they're not. It's just just a brilliant layering. Of instruments um, You know It's on the shorter side I think it's just under three minutes um, You know It's fairly hooky I think lyrically Like in the review you brought up It's sort of atypical For, for the genre Or even the time period Lyrically What mm-hmm. he's uh, saying on the song Which I actually enjoy So And vocally It it's, does that phrasing thing That they do That, that I like so much you, you know It's really strong in this song which we've come to find through some uh, user uh, listener feedback that they have three singers yeah so that was that starts to explain some of the uh, uh, I think some of the some of the things that we were hearing so uh, whoever's singing this song um, I, I like it quite a bit so
2: you sure with it, gesture. I'm you holding- Invite me upstairs We look for reasons to stay close to chair We look at our back Of pictures you talk I see you start
1: this is uh, my number two for the year. That's a good one. That, that made my top
0: 10 and uh, that's a, that's a good pick. Uh, we got another feedback email that I want to read for um, our end of the year extravaganza. This is from uh, Zach Moore. He made a suggestion uh, that we're going to get to in season two. I'm going to get to his email here. He says, hello. I wanted to give you guys my thoughts for the upcoming end of year show. I don't remember enough from all the way back at the beginning to make a list of songs, but I can tell you that my favorite episodes were the Red Cross and Mink episodes. I already knew the Red Cross album, but it was great to hear other people getting as much pleasure out of it as I do. The Mink album was brand new to me, but I really dug it too. Also, the Magna Pop episode was excellent with the inclusion of the interview. I'd love to hear more interviews and other Dig Me Out exclusives. That leads me into... Um, season two stuff uh we do have some plans for more interviews uh chip's always throwing stuff at us in terms of hey i know so and so i can maybe let me see if i can get an interview um we don't necessarily know you know a long time ahead of, ahead of time but usually a couple weeks beforehand but we do know of one um that's going to be next summer It's uh, Joe Osterich, I think is how you pronounce his last name, I'm sorry if I mispronounce it, Joe, from the band Watershed, which is a Columbus band, but they were on a major label for a couple years in the 90s. Yeah, Watershed's still together, they play out, and um, Joe is actually an English teacher and um, has been published, had articles published in um, literary magazines, and he has a book coming out. Called hitless wonder Uh, it comes out next June or July I think it's June and we're going to talk to him when the book comes out and we're going to review one of the watershed albums so that will be a lot of fun it's going to be first time we're talking to not just a musician but an author as well Um, which there are a lot you know surprisingly if you go to the dig me out website you'll see this but there are a lot of people from the 90s who have actually written books Um, Jacob Schlichter I believe is how you pronounce his name he was in the band Semisonic and he wrote a book called So You Want to Be a Rock and Roll Star Um, Jennifer Trinan who had a couple albums come out in the 90s she had a um, kind of a a minor I guess radio hit Um, she had a, a, a book come out called Everything I'm Cracked Up to Be Juliana Hatfield has an autobiography out and there's a bunch of people um, that I'm forgetting but that'll be cool. It'll be our first uh, author interview and then we're also going to talk to hopefully at some point I don't want to jinx it uh, there's a band called Edsel we're going to talk to the guitar player who's currently in the band Obits who just put out a record this year Uh, and Edsel's Two of Edsel's '90s albums were re-released in the last year or so. Let's get to our last pick for uh, favorite songs of the first season. This was tough because because
1: you knew mine would be better.
0: Know. No, I was trying to decide whether I can pick one from an album that I selected.
1: No, or I if told I should, you, you can't. It has to be something you didn't know.
0: But I know, I mean, that I didn't know it, even if I didn't know it. You're not gonna, if you no, pick Uncle just...
1: Tupelo, I'm gonna, I'm walking off the show. So right now.
0: I picked Uncle Tupelo's, uh, no, I did not. I
1: did not pick Uncle Tupelo. These headphones will get slammed on the table.
0: No, um, I picked Grunt Truck. Yes. And I picked the song Crucifunkin'.
1: Oh, you gotta be kidding me. No,
0: I'm not kidding you.
1: Aw, that's the worst song on the album.
0: That is not the worst song on the album. That to me is, and I'll tell you why. It was a tough one. It was not a lot to say, and Cruising Funkin' were like one and two.
1: Oh, there's so much. There's so many better songs on that album.
0: I'll I'll tell you why. I picked that song, Um, and this is purely arbitrary. They play a chord in that song, which I think is unique to the '90s. Um, you also hear it in um, the screaming trees, for example, in the "Nearly Lost You." It's like a, uh, it's some sort of weird augmented chord, and it's it kind of sounds like a funk chord almost. You know what I'm talking about when they get to the the chorus in Crucifunken?
1: It's called Crucifunkin. I know, and
0: that's what makes it so awesome. Look, I had to go with my gut here.
1: Apparently,
0: and my gut said you go with "Crucifunction." <laughs>
1: Had you just eaten something bad for lunch?
0: What, okay, well, what was your pick, Mister oh, Smart come Pants? Come on,
1: man! Didn't even try by Curb Dog. How could Curb Dog not even make your top five? This is a band that came out of nowhere. I had absolutely no idea this band existed, and uh, was so excited to hear this album. There's not for me. There's not. Uh, there's really not a, a doll moment, and this song I think best exemplifies them. It's right before it hits the. I think it's right before they hits that really heavy part of the album,
0: right? Right when they get into the helmet area, yeah, yeah.
1: Which I like that part too, but um, I tend to like this 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 type of thing better. Um, it's got a little bit more uh, hook to it. It almost reminds me of uh, kind of what the Foo Fighters are now, you know, the way that they do the hard rock with a you know assault slightly alternative nod. You what angular, angular bits in it?
0: Curb Dog didn't even make my top ten, and I'll tell you why. Why? Uh, well, I'm gonna broken? tell you why. <sighs> Here's why. Because I had a hard time distinguishing, or not distinguishing, but picking a song. I liked the whole album, but when I was trying to pick one song, I was like, no, not that song. No, not that song. And I just, I just couldn't really settle on one particular song that I wanted to pick.
1: I, I almost had two, in, two of their songs in my top five.
0: That would have been ridiculous.
1: I know. Well, I pared back and decided I wouldn't put more than you know one band per the top ten. I, what,
0: I what, were, what was your honorable mentions, your five through ten?
1: All right. My number six is the song Weasels by Alcohol Funny Car. Um, awesome pop song on there. Should have been a hit. Then I get to Grunt Truck at number seven. The best song on the album, Flesh Fever. Kicks ass. I, I challenge anyone to put that on when they're driving and not reach over to the volume and crank it. Impossible. Um, then I got into Awe oh, Jesse. Really, really unique band, and that song... Mm-hmm. Simplifies, I think, their sound the best. Just that really <laughs> cool blend of uh, a dirgy, tad style, Soundgarden ish verse with this really blush, open picked uh, chorus, and then a mixing in a little bit of sly guitar, um, which I think is really unique and, and I loved. Um, number nine was New World Record by the Wanna Beat, or want I said the Wanna Wanna Ties. Uh, Super You know Super poppy Probably the I don't know Would you say Other than Maybe Velvet Crush That's the poppiest album We did all year Probably yeah Um, And then At 10 This was hard I I waffled on this one a lot I had a couple things In and out of there Uh, Actually I'm gonna take you to 11 Because I feel bad Leaving number 11 Take it
0: to 11 Jay It's alright
1: Stark Pretty By Four Squirrels Um I wish this band sounded like this song for the whole album It's a little bit more angular It's a little bit more unique, angsty Uh, It's got more energy to it Um, It kind of sounds like a sharper REM, I guess Mm -hmm. Um, And then at number 11, I have Sync by Super Jesus um, I like the super jesus album a lot this is a song that I think I like the most it kind of has a swerve driver uh, guitar part to it um, kind of sways in and out and has some nice um, I, I think vocally it's one of the uh, most uh, i guess cohesive songs on the album in terms of the vocal and the music really coming together so that's that's my top 11.
0: All right. Here were my top, uh, my six through ten, real fast. Number six, Llama Farmers, and I picked the song Jessica, which I think is probably, for me, that's my favorite song in the album. Um, I, I also liked Always Echoes, like you did. Uh, Jessica's got just this great energy to it. It's just a quick slab of pop. Yeah, and it's, quite, um,
1: it's simpler. Right?
0: Um, number seven, I picked Short Lip. Fuser from Rocket from the Crypt. Uh, I think we talked about it. That song sort of encapsulates everything about Rocket from the Crypt. It's the right tempo. It's the right sound. It's got almost a hook to it, (laughs) which a lot of the Rocket from the Crypt doesn't have.
1: Almost a hook. Uh,
0: Number eight, the Wanna Die's new world record. Uh, Just an awesome, awesome guitar riff in that song. Number nine, Four Leaf Clover by Catherine. Again, you have the female vocal working with, you know, the male vocal just always works. It's great. Uh, I think it's Darcy from Crashy Pumpkins who's singing that song too, which I don't know if we covered it at the
1: time, but. That song went my top 45. <laughs>
0: and then the Wrens, i've made enough friends at number 10 i think you already covered that now you're you starting
1: to, now you're starting to make some sense
0: oh boy so we've come to the time jay where we have to pick our albums of the year you've heard our listeners weigh in with their picks what is your pick for album i went first with the with the singles you're going to go with the album what is your pick for Album of the Year. Album of Discovery of the Year.
1: Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I have been trying to make this decision up until this moment. I have two wow. albums that I am battling over, which should be there. Which should have the honor. Um, and I think I just, just now when you said it, I finally made up my mind. Thank God. Because this the show would go on forever. <laughs> um... I'm gonna go with curb dog uh, it, it came down for me between them and the wrens uh, and the, the big argument for the wrens was I think that's an album that'll keep on giving um, the more and more you you dive into it and listen to it I think, you know you pull apart layers to that album um, that will be, be fun uh, curb dog though it just hits you so hard the first time you listen to it and it's so consistent Um, There's really not, you know, I think there's some layers there and I I think it'll continue to be enjoyable in the future, but it's just so consistent from start to finish. Um, Almost every part of every song is just solid, rock, steady. Um, I I find it difficult when that album comes on to not reach over, whether I'm not focused on music or, or not, if I'm driving, if I'm working, whatever I'm doing. If one of their songs comes on, I almost
2: always reach over and crank the volume. Go away, soul, soul, soul.
1: For. and frankly I can't believe they weren't more successful because um, they just they do a really good job of combining heavy heavy riffs but super catchy melodies um, in a Bob Mould style good musicianship it's just a rock solid album from start to finish and, and frankly I think of you know even compared to the Rens I think the Rens has some you know some songs that were either throwaways or it would take some time to sort of get into or you'd have to appreciate them in the context of an album I think this Curb Dog album you could put it on from start to finish and rock out the whole time or you could just drop it you could drop drop the needle as the, as the, the old men would say anywhere on it <laughs> and uh, it would pull you in and, and you'd be hooked right away so that's my top album of the year new, that's an excellent new discovery
0: pick. yeah that's your new discovery of the year I'm going to say that that was probably either two or three for me. Probably two in terms of favorite new discovery of the year. It's probably yeah, I'm going to say two. Uh, I mentioned a little bit back that the thing that I discovered about my own listening pleasures is that I have a greater appreciation for the power pop genre than I previously thought. Um, I mentioned the Wanna Dies in that sense of being a band that i was sort of blown away by they would probably be my number three but my number one which you mentioned you know start to finish album every song being a gem or you can just pick one and start from there i'm gonna go with red cross wow yeah didn't expect that and you know you couldn't pick that because that was an album that you were already familiar with yep but that was completely and totally new for me and that album hit my sweet spot in terms of you know, I I like incredibly catchy but smart over just blazing guitars. Mm-hmm. I mean it just comes down to that. And they're willing to have fun, but also be you know, serious with the music. And I probably I think I listened to that album more than any other album that we reviewed this year and I listened to it as many different ways as possible whether it was on my headphones or on my computer in my car or you know driving to work or
1: with pants without pants
0: without pants exactly any way that I could listen to that album I was listening to that album it just it it opened my eyes to you know we we'd already done the want to die's album at that point and i was like wow i, I this is this hitting everything i like about basically music yep. the energy is there the the sense of humor that's not gimmicky or or over the top
1: so you found an album where your head and heart could coexist exactly i went i was struggling between the wrens which sort of had my my head in the the curb Dog which had my heart I went with my heart so
0: alright well <clears throat> we gotta wrap this up because I'm losing my voice I can barely talk anymore I'm so yes, emotional about wolf, this wolf, before we get to the end here we need to talk about next year a lot of people sent us emails going back to even the summer that we check out albums and they've been on the upcoming list for quite a while we've got almost up until July of 2012 covered and I would say seventy-five percent of those are listener suggestions. If you go to the Dig Me Out website, you'll see the upcoming episodes tab and you can look at what we've got coming up. I mentioned the Australian stuff, Asteroid B six B six one two and UMI. Got uh, Brant Bjork, who was in Fu Manchu. Got a solo album from him coming up, The Chainsaw Kittens, uh, Granddaddy, Hum. We're finally going to get to, which is going to be interesting. We're going to tackle life, sex, and death, which would be an awesome. interesting. One. We're going to cover Therapy, which is a band that you and I have both been sort of intrigued by over the years. A British or UK, I guess, alternative metal band would be the best way to describe them. We're finally going to get to a Bob Mould record. We've talked about Bob Mould multiple times. We're going to get to a Sugar record.
1: Thank God. That was one thing I realized listening to, uh, re- you know, re listening to the stuff for this year was how many bands that it seemed like that we listened to that were influenced by him or he was involved in the records. We should get our first episode on him.
0: Yeah, it's true. (laughs) And we're going to get to a lot of obscure stuff that you and I probably never heard of, like capsize seven and send no flowers and um, Lucy's fur coat. Oh, I have Lucy's fur coat. You do? Yeah. Nice. And, how about nude swirl? You got some nude swirl? Uh I might. Head swim? <laughs> no. Compulsion? No. We're getting all those. Wow. We're getting dirty. So we're gonna we're gonna hit some stuff that you might have heard of, but we're also gonna hit stuff that is gonna be completely obscure. And I wanna thank the people who made those suggestions. Steve Helton, Martin Kennedy, Eric Alexi, Jacob Grover, David Gorgos. Who also goes by Dirty Gert on Twitter and is always giving a shit for the length of our uh, <laughs> a- albums that we're reviewing.
1: Look, it's not our fault. It's the, it's yeah. the 90s, man. They're all so long.
0: I, I, people would have... love,
1: I would love. I think he suggested doing EPs. I would love to find. I don't think anybody put an EP out between nineteen ninety nope. and year 2000.
0: I also no. need to thank Andrew Mills, Jackson Murray, Eric Wayne Norland, Tim Rogers, Andrew McCoola, John Solomon, Kyle Sunby, John Dallas, Rishi Gargi. Gargirera. I can't pronounce that. It's G A R J R I A. I'm sorry, Rishi. Good to me. Dane Olson and Dimitri. I think it's Lecomte. L E C O M T E. Who <laughs> has gone. And posted on almost every thread on our Facebook page in the last couple days, catching up on all our previous episodes. And also Seth Young, can't forget Seth Young. All of you guys have suggested stuff that we're going to review in 2012, and we thank you. We we are doing this because we like discovering new music as much as you guys do. Even if the music came out 15 or 20 years ago, we like discovering it. That's why we're here, and we're going to have suggestions that we've made. I've suggested we're going to check out Satchel. Uh, you suggested bands like Jellyfish and Horse. Um, we're going to get to oh, Degeneration. That was another one you suggested. We're going to get to a Burning Airlines album, which we've talked a lot about Jawbox ja and Jay Robbins. So that'll be fun to check out the first Burning Airlines album. That's just the first half of the year, folks. We got the whole second half of the year to get to take suggestions too.
1: Yeah, better get a rest. Yeah, I know. Do we get a do we get a week off?
0: No, there's no weeks off. Jesus. There's no vacations for Dig Me Out. We will be here. There isn't.
1: We, ha- we literally have not taken a week off.
0: 52 episodes next year. 51 reviews. End of the year. We'll do this again. And we'll say thank you to all the people that contributed. And we'll tell you what's going to happen in 2013. But for now, let's get ready for 2012. Well, Jay, actually, any last...
1: Yeah, actually, the, the Earth um, will end in December oh, 12th. Shit. So... It'll only be 40... 21st. 2012 12-21. 12-21, okay.
0: Yeah. It's Katie's birthday, my wife's birthday, which we're, re- re- we're recording on her birthday this year, and next year, when it's her birthday, the world ends, according to the Mayan calendar. So, in that event, we may not make it to the Sugar album. which would be a real bummer
1: yeah that would suck
0: i have one last thank you and that's to you jay uh for doing this with me every week and uh you contribute behind the scenes you're the designer of our website you are the um acquirer of followers on twitter and facebook is that safe to say to use that verbiage sure
1: i don't think there's a better word for it so why not okay but, yeah, uh, yeah if I, you got any other ideas that don't require me to do anything other than show up once a week and talk on my ass for an hour let me know <laughs> I I'm, ha- I'm happy to help
0: <laughs> no that's all I need you to do okay cool all right that's it everybody we are done for season one of dig me out uh, thanks to everybody who's contributed and we are looking forward to an excellent season two Be sure to stop by the website, digmeout.com, for a list of all our upcoming episodes. If you want to contribute, you can send us an email, digmeoutpodcast at gmail.com. And we'll be back next week with another episode of Dig Me Out.